Cross oh. comes in. White with the header. And here comes Whitehead. It's gold for Great Britain. Is it me, Alan? Or do I always... I always dance to that music when it comes on. Is it me? <laughs> it's is so it me? catchy. It's so it catchy, is very yeah. catchy. It is very catchy. Hi, everyone. And yes, we are live today. Track and Ball podcast with myself, Richard Whitehead. And myself, Ellen White. And today we want your questions. This is your podcast and we want to hear from you. We want to hear about your concerns about sport, your questions. Get real into the podcast and enjoy our forthcoming guests. And obviously, it's been a little while since we've done a live. So should we do a little like life update? Like, What have you been up to, Rich? Yeah, training-wise, Loughborough University. And nice. yeah, no, um, just enjoying, just getting back into the feeling of training again. Winter's obviously a really tough time for mm. any athlete like yourself outside, uh, just getting the grind done in a bit of a hole with my training. Yeah, starting to feel kind of Paralympics, Olympics obviously next year, starting to get into the groove and building uh, some real strong training blocks moving forwards. What about yourself, Alan? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. We've had kind of a lot of games. Um, been away with England on an England camp. Um, so we had away a lot, haven't you? Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a bit crazy. Um, obviously, I, I flew back from Sweden with the team uh, with Man City last night. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit bit crazy, but it's really it, it's been good at the same time to to play quite a few games. We've got quite a few games now leading into the Christmas break. So um, yeah, no, it's been good, and obviously. Um, we're in a global pandemic. We're in tier three, so we can't do too much. Um, but yeah, it's been yeah, it's been kind of staying inside, getting a coffee when we can, takeaway. Um, and then also we got hit by so much snow. It was crazy last oh, really? week. Because you're um, Manchester, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just outside, so I'm kind of a little bit in the peaks. So it was mental trying to get home from training, but it was pretty cool to see the snow at the same time as well. So um, yeah, it was yeah, it's just been it's just been crazy, but it's been so exciting doing this podcast. And if you haven't already seen our previous guests, they were so lovely, so amazing to have on. And you know, make sure you check out that Becky Adlington. Greg Rutherford and Ronnie O'Sullivan um, and they gave us some real insights into their careers and also them as people like behind the athletes I think you know me and Rich have spoken about it so many times about the conversations and just hearing different stories and different insights and takeaways and I think definitely if you haven't seen you know listened or watched those ones head to our YouTube channel Track and Ball Pod and also um, where you find your podcast because they're really great listens and and watches as well. Yeah some, some good takeaways there but remember this is your podcast as well so we want you to say hi interact with us and if you're watching via obviously youtube or facebook or listening to the podcast we really value your your viewpoint and we take into account who you actually want to be on the show as well and we try and get those guests and and ask them those questions that you want to ask them as well and the first clip that we want to show you today is somebody that we we wanted to get on the on the show just because he's somebody that's that's got a story that's very interesting. And I know this person, but I learned a lot about his kind of struggles and some of his, his mental health issues. And um, it was great to have Tom Daly on the podcast and uh, we definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about never settle for second best. If something is not right and if your gut tells you that, you there could be something better or there could be someone better or there could be some 
never just let it go by. Have the conversations, have those uncomfortable conversations, because if you have those uncomfortable conversations earlier, it mm. saves all of the headache of like, oh, now it's gone too far. Now I can't say anything. Mm. And just being able to have that regular communication to set boundaries and to set your expectations of where you want to go and how you want to get there. And let for me, it's about letting everyone know what my like my attitude going into an Olympic year is I am going to do every single thing possible, make every sacrifice and do anything and everything possible. So that when I stand on the diving board at the Olympic Games, I know I've done everything that I physically can, like mentally could any like absolutely everything. So I know that I have the best shot at doing my best. And the team that surrounds me, I want them to have that same attitude and that same mentality. And my coach definitely does. Um, and all my team around me does. And I think that having surrounding yourself with people that are, um, you know, the same, have the same attitude and the same mentality as you really helps. Because if you have someone that is slightly half-assing it, then Mm -hmm. you're only ever going to be as good as your weakest person in your team. So, you know, we need everyone to use their whole ass and not (laughs) 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 like club always makes me laugh. Not only for for that end, not not just that end bit, but that that t shirt you you know what I was just is to... next level. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to I was trying <laughs> I, I was trying to I was trying to wear something a bit different, but it's a bit too out there. But All I'm right. glad you liked it anyway. But at least I didn't. At least I didn't wear those sparkly speedos. <laughs> and we do talk about that in the in the clip. Do, do you know? When when he actually had his partner on as well, I thought it was mm. a real nice moment. Like I say, we don't want to give too much away, and you'll you'll really enjoy it. But it was uh, he's definitely a family person. And it comes out in the pod. Yeah, no, it was it was really great to chat to him, and uh, yeah, he goes in depth of his uh, his obsession with knitting as well um, during lockdown. Um, but yeah, no, you any good at knitting? I don't think I've ever tried it. To be fair, I knit but... knitting. <laughs> I'm not domesticated at all. <laughs> it's, not, it's not one of our skills. Um, um, so we want to look at some of the questions from yeah. um, the uh, the viewers or listeners. Uh, so mm. if you want to fire in a, a question, we I think we've got one on there yeah. for you now, Els. Yeah, Natasha Allen. Um, how do you feel about some teams welcoming fans whilst others can't? A Man City fan. Thank you. Uh, I miss coming to the Academy Stadium to see you girls and also in Tier 3. No, I, f- I, f- I definitely feel your pain. Um, do you know what? I think it's amazing that we are able to get fans and spectators in. Um, I know it's probably like a 1,000 or 2,000 up and down the country where, where we can, but um, I think it is it's great for start, those. It? Yeah, it's a great start. Obviously, yeah, it is a shame that we're in Tier 3 in Manchester and we aren't, aren't able to to kind of get fans into our academy stadium because we'd love to have you there. Um, but hopefully, hopefully that will change kind of soon and in the new year we can kind of have spectators back. But um, yeah, I definitely understand how you're feeling. But also it is exciting, you know, that we are able to start that change and hopefully get more people back into stadiums, especially, you know, in the new year as well. There's definitely a different feel to professional sport, isn't there, without the fans? You know, when you watch it on TV and you can mm. either have the fans on or you can take them, you can take the fan noise off and have it at the actual stadium noise and there's nothing. Yeah. And um, I think the first couple of times I watched that and I was like, actually, it's just quite interesting because you can get to hear the conversation between players. Uh, you can hear uh, tactically sometimes the game a little bit better because of the information that's coming from the bench onto mm. the, the field of play. But you definitely miss... Like, I get ri- When the crowd noise is 
whether it's me competing or it's yeah. watching sport, you get really involved in whether it's football or boxing or cricket or athletics, you get right into it. And I think that's part of, especially when, you, when you've got those key moments, those real tension moments, it really builds it. And I think without those and without the crowd, it really does take something from it. Have you, have you heard about any, any more uh, information about when the, when the crowds are going to come to your games? I think it all depends obviously on the tiers really so hopefully we can kind of go to a different tier and hopefully then we can have fans um but yeah it's it it all depends really um but I know what I totally understand what you're saying when when you hear that atmosphere you hear that crowd the songs you do just you get sucked in and it is it, it gives you a lot of emotion I definitely get goosebumps when you hear that emotion of everyone in the stadium so yeah fingers crossed especially for like Man City that we can and get some uh, fans in soon. But yeah, we, we can't wait, really. Another one for you, Ellen. An interesting <laughs> question. We've, we've talked about this, haven't we? We've talked we about have, this. Yes. You need to be honest. You need to be honest now. Go on, okay. then. Say the question. <laughs> okay, this is from James Ma- Dennis Jean Martin. Okay, Ellen, are you hoping to be part of the GB Olympic team? Yes, I'm doing everything I can um, to hopefully be selected for that team. Um, it was a dream to be part of London 2012 when we had... Um, like a women's football team for the first time kind of going to the Olympics. So uh, yeah, to, to be involved would be absolutely incredible. It, it It's a tough one because the squad's so small. It's like an 18 person squad and then four kind of reserves or standbys you kind of take with you. So it's tough, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm working so hard to hopefully be involved and part of that. Cause yeah, it's a dream like, like for you, Rich, to, to go to the Paralympics. It, it It's such a, an incredible occasion, spectacular, like a spectacle and you want to be involved in those those major those major competitions yeah you just want to be involved and you are you're obviously playing with different players at that stage as well aren't you you're playing with uh players not just from uh england but also potentially northern ireland scotland wales as well and is is that a different aspect of do you do you uh, thrive on that with new new players or do you find that quite difficult because you've not played with them before or how does that work yeah, no, it's an interesting one. It's, it, to be honest, I think it's exciting. Um, you get to, basically, you're playing with, with the best kind of players within kind of Great Britain. So that's what you want to be involved in. How's you that, be, how do you get selected? What's the selection process? So it's all like the manager basically makes a selection on who he wants to be. In, whether Make sure it is. you send him a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> He's on my Christmas card list. For sure. um, yeah, it's, it's basically his choice from, from England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. And he, yeah, he picks who he, he believes will be the best squad, really, or, or the best team. would that be? So that's 18. So that's 18 players and then four extras as well. So, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's exciting. Um, and like, yeah. what, what about you? Like, how, how are, you, are you excited to... For next year, the summer, like how how is training going? I know you said it is a bit up and down, but yeah, I heard actually of. something about your coach. Go on, tell yeah, us. Yeah, so I've, I broke a couple of blades, uh, and we talked <laughs> about that on the last last live. But my my coach actually went one better. So I was training <laughs> on Monday. It was a little bit cold. My coach has a lot of layers on, and he actually he comes with me on on my sessions on a bike, so a racing bike, because I'm obviously quite fast. Uh, a race invite and then and he paces my session so when when I need to run at a certain speed or uh, when I run a certain distance for time he'll do that anyway it's a little bit slippery and we're going about 21 22 miles an hour cranks on the brakes 
back end all over the place and he fell off the bike at 21 miles an hour. Luckily he's okay. Keith Antoine is not in hospital at the moment. He's at (laughs) home. He might even be watching. I know you're okay, mate, and I do worry about you, but it was very funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'd snapped a couple of blades this year and that wasn't funny. But this was definitely funny. I was going to say, what's it like for you running, if it is a little bit wet? I know we've spoken before, like away from um, the live. But um, yeah, what's it like for you running on blades? Like, what's your preferred kind of conditions, basically? Hot, very hot. <laughs> I like it hot, hence the reason why we go warm weather training. Hard tracks. Um, those that don't know what my, my carbon fibre feet look like, they're just like hamstrings, really. And then I have to compound my, my feet to be able to get the obviously the power from the feet and it's 56 sheets of carbon fiber and they really like the warmth so mm. just working with those in in the warmth is so when it's cold or windy uh those kind of conditions slippy i've run in the snow before it's treacherous uh but obviously you have to train for any condition because yeah. coming to uh, tokyo next year i'm sure there won't be snow but coming to tokyo next year hopefully Hopefully the conditions are favourable that I've obviously had to uh, what, what I've trained in. But mm. selection selection for me for the games happens actually the World Champions before Championships before. So if you're a gold or silver medalist, you've literally guaranteed your place going forwards. You still have to prove form, yeah. But you've literally guaranteed your place on the on the on the actual um, the plane going. Uh, and then what happens is everybody else has to submit submit times. So it can be quite stressful if you haven't got your time going into a major games. Right. Here we go. We've got some hellos here. (laughs) Hello, Carol. There's Miss Steph Horton. Uh, Who is she? Have you you heard of her? Who is she? Who is she? One more question. Ellen, how about a new celebration with 2021? Okay. Well, if you want to submit what you think that should be, I'm happy to have have a look at it. Um, I'll let you maybe do- if yeah, maybe yeah, maybe a Doctor Rich's one. I do like it. To be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so we've obviously said and teased Tom Daly. Um, so our next person is James Ellington. Now, it was really lovely to speak to him, hear about his story. Um, you know, he he's gone through a lot in his career. Um, had a really kind of traumatic kind of car car accident. Um, motorbike accident and it was yeah it was crazy to hear about his life and then also a little bit about the black lives matter movement as well so here he is it's kind of like unless you are black you, you, it's hard to explain it. it's like the, empathy. the only way i can describe it is empathy yeah, the only way the only way i can de- describe it is obviously like sort of yourself having a disability right so before i had my crash I'd, I'd have empathy for dis- disabled people and people in a wheelchair but you don't really know what it feels like yeah so no, you're like, no. oh, shit Right, I feel, feel it for that guy. Look, he's struggling to get in the door or something because he's in a wheelchair. You might you yeah. think that for a minute and then it's kind of put aside, right? But it yeah. wasn't until I was actually in a wheelchair for seven weeks myself and I was trying to get around London. I was thinking, like then you felt I felt it. I was like, people won't people won't care. They don't care. They're, they're getting in your way. It's hard to get into shops. Like you're thinking, oh my god. So it's 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 kind of a similar situation being black. I mean, you can explain it to people, but people that aren't black don't. They don't really know what that vibe's like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I mean, like, it's, listen, it's, we need to speak out on all kind of um, any any situation which has kind of either been put under the carpet like it doesn't exist, or people have been kind of stigmatized, or whatever the case may be for for their color, their, their disability, or whatever the case. Mm. So it's, 
is it's, it's a good thing that actually people are speaking out and actually a lot of people who aren't black are speaking out of it as well because again you hear a lot of people say all lives matter we know all lives matter that's 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 not, that's not the about. point yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not the point the point is we know all lives matter but we're saying black lives matter because actually whether it's in institutions companies or just in everyday life there's been there, there has been such a kind of disparity do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Those people that don't know or have never heard of uh, James before, obviously an Olympic sprinter, but ob- we're in a time at the moment where a lot of people have to overcome adversity and, and James is, is battling with that every day. He's had major surgery and and also in the podcast, he talks a lot about empathy and obviously highlighted not only about being disabled and being black and also being a different gender within within a, a majority sport, but also talks very emotionally about some of those obstacles that he, he overcome. And that resonates with some of the challenges that obviously the viewers and listeners will will be facing now. And it's, it's something that I definitely would recommend have a listen to and watch because he's, he's very articulate and how he... And it gives some real key points and how to uh, to overcome some of those challenges that you're probably ha- having now. And the mental health aspect of uh, sport, sometimes it's, it's it's spoken, yes, men- mental health, but I think he articulates it very well mm-hmm. and he puts it into uh, some, some good manageable boxes that we, we can digest. So for me, I know James is, is a really good guy, but... I think that's the side of him that I've not really seen before. So to be able to open up, I know we both came away with it with 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 new a new feeling of what sport means to people, especially when you've got those life changing things in your in your life. Yeah, I think that was that's the right kind of word. Is like life changing, isn't it? Really, um, and like the positivity that he showed throughout kind of his rehab, what he was talking about. Yeah, it was really kind of uplifting. Um, and yeah, like you say, Rich, we definitely came away from that, like really thinking it was quite profound, really. Um, so I'm excited for everyone to hear that one. Yeah, he was, he's based over in Dubai at the moment. He's training for uh, Tokyo, uh, mm. trying to get in the team. Uh, imagine having a life-changing scenario where you think you're going to lose your leg mm. and maybe then going, oh, I can compete in the Paralympics. And then all of a sudden going, actually, his mindset was, Whatever he's going to do is going to be the best, and yeah. uh, I, that resonates with me about when I want to get up in the morning and and have those kind of dark moments through through training or whatever. You kind of set those goals, but also you just want to be better, and 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 that's what James is. You look you look at his Instagram account and you look at his training regime. He's he's training like a, a an Olympic gold medalist because he just wants to get on the team and show people and prove to people that you can do anything, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's a great message that believe, achieve, and you can do anything in life. So to work some more some more questions from you guys. We've always got some really interesting questions. So this one, I ask you, Alan, okay? Dale Hudson, okay. Uh, do either of you have any pre-game race rituals or superstitions? You can answer this one first, though. Okay. I did have quite a lot growing up. I've had to kind of change a little bit. Cause just what, 90 minutes much. of them? Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just, it just went on and on and on. Um, so I've had to kind of change that a little bit. Um, so I tend to put like my right kind of sock on, shin pad, then boot, and then left. Um, I kind of stick to the same like pre-match. That? I don't know. Yeah, I just it's just something that's kind of stuck with me really. Um, and then I just always have porridge for my pre-match. 
yeah, they've got kind they're kind of the simple ones. Um, what did about you, you? Did you ever score? Did you ever score a goal or mm. a, a hat trick? And then you go right. I'm doing everything <laughs> that I've just done. And then the next game, it go like <laughs> when Pete Tong, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you do have those moments because you'll look back and be like, right, what did I do throughout the day? Like, what, how long did I sleep? What did I get up? What did I have for breakfast? What did I wear? Like, yeah, you start yeah. to kind of you mess watch? with your yeah, you mess with your own head, and it just gets quite. It gets too much. Yeah, mentally, mentally draining. Tired, right? yeah, yeah, really yeah. tiring. So yeah. I think it's just a few for me now, which I kind of just stick to, and they're pretty easy. Like you're gonna pretty much do them every time. But if I don't put my right boot on and put my left on first, that's not the reason why I play all. You know what I mean? yeah, that's not that's <laughs> not the reason. But sometimes your mind does crazy things. Um, yeah. So like, what what are your rituals then before for a race? Uh, if you, if you read Wikipedia, it's that I wear the same underpants before each race okay that's not true no not anymore i don't i did it for a couple of marathons and right. like back in the day my marathon time was like five four hours and they were getting a bit yeah stinky and holes in them and stuff so i couldn't recycle have you washed, have you washed them between races <laughs> well, obviously, yeah obviously but yeah. <laughs> the, the, so that that one doesn't exist yeah, anymore okay, yeah. the what so i've got a visualization one which is visualization is great for mm-hmm. performance sport life in general any of those kind of jobs or kind of things you've got going on so yeah. the day before a, a major race i'd have a, a bath and kind of visualize my whole either marathon or 200 meters and go through the whole my whole mental process of how i'm going to feel what i'm going to look like so from from outside and and then go through my my race and obviously, if it was a marathon, I wouldn't go through the whole two two and a half hours of marathon. But I'd go through like a, the first 5K, first 10K. And I'd get to the finish point, but I'd never actually visualise going through the finish line. Okay. And I do the I do the same with my 200 metres. But I, obviously, it's more, with my 200 metres, it's about more about the intensity. So just getting the intensity right and making sure that I'm really fired up for my, for my event. And then... Um, after I have my my bath, then I just kind of set out all my my gear mm. out in a way that I put it on. So all my my clothes to my running legs, etc., will be all in a line in the in the um, the hotel on the hotel floor. Which, if you share them with me, is a nightmare because literally I take up the whole a whole floor. <laughs> and then that's how, and then that's how I'd I'd, I'd I put all, put all my my clothes or put all my equipment on. And it's kind of the same with my eating as well. I have to eat it in a certain way. Very similar to you with having a, a certain meal. Like before a marathon, I'd eat spaghetti. Imagine eating spaghetti before a marathon. Yeah, like four in the, in the morning. Mo- I was literally going to say, you're not eating that in the morning. Yeah, wow. about four in the morning. So we'd get nah. up. You'd get up with um, the elite athletes and you'd eat. It'd be all dry food and mine would be like spaghetti there'd be the ethiopian guys the kenyan guys eating this and i'm like i'm going to try oh. some of that and i ran really well and it stuck <laughs> with me marathon running i definitely don't get up at four o'clock in the morning but i do have i do have um a meal that i prefer before mm. a 200 meters and it's not meat because i feel that meat kind of sits in my system and i like yeah, to yeah. be kind of as light as possible don there's adam, another question for adam you holland so i know adam um he's adam's a a brilliant marathon runner and when i mean a brilliant marathon runner he's ran and um i don't know how many he's run up to up to, up to the moment adam but it's over 100 it's definitely over 100 wow. uh yeah probably 170 200 marathons 
That's but crazy. Um, I remember before I answer this question, I remember we did some 400 meter training in Lanzarote, and I whooped his ass. I did. I whooped his ass. <laughs> and I, I'll probably say different, but I definitely did. Okay, Adam, your question: Would you consider doing multiple days of marathons again? Go on, tell, so, it, ran, tell everyone. Go on, yeah, tell everyone who, who doesn't know. Yeah, I ran Lansdowne to John and Goat, so I ran forty marathons in forty days, and yeah, it was tough, tough mentally as well as physically. Mm. Imagine doing the same thing for forty days, and for me, it was a case of I just had to get up, and I just had to run, and then sleep. But even that, it was tough, and um, it was lucky that I had some really cool people that I run with. I did it for charity, I did it for Sarcoma UK, did it for Scope, raised a lot of awareness, a lot of money. Would I do it again? I'd love to do a massive challenge and I'm open for ideas. I've got one that I'd really like to do that I won't I'm not going to mention at the moment, but I'm, I'd really like to do. But you've got to be you've got to you've got to buy into it. You've got to mm. do it for the right reason. And I think for me, obviously when I when I finish sport, it's about replacing that desire and that uh, determination that I've got now to kind of be successful into doing something else and whether that's in full-time employment or whether that's mentoring but I'll always want to look for a challenge multiple day marathons let's see (laughs) (laughs) this is what this is what I'd love to so Steve Smith appreciate this one um Richard is your name down for I'm a celebrity get me out of it 2021 back back in the jungle hopefully yeah I, I think a lot of people would like to see me eating some of the stuff that's consumed in the <laughs> in the jungle and obviously the castle this time. Um, what an opportunity that would be for anybody. I know somebody that's on this as well would, would, would like it as well. Do you reckon your other half would let you go on I'm a Celebrity? Absolutely. He'd, he'd, he's probably put my name forward. He's put my name forward for that. I, I'll be all over that. Yeah, that's yeah. That, I'd, I'd definitely love that. Would be a challenge, completely out of my comfort zone. Yeah, that's that's Men- the one that mentally as well. I, uh, I think, do you, do you have any fears that you think you'd have to address if you went on that? I'm not mentioning them at the moment. So. Uh. <laughs> and I think it's, it's, it's a great opportunity isn't it it's a great opportunity it's a great platform I think the only thing that I find with that with that show and shows generally and it just frustrate me as a, a person person with a disability is that um, I feel that you really need to utilize that platform mm. and do it for the greater good yeah, yeah. And for me, that that would be to inspire and liberate people that are less fortunate than myself. It's mm. not about disability or or different gender or whatever. It's about giving people um, that opportunity. Would that you sounds, say so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That sounds that's that's the perfect thing, really, isn't it? <laughs> Shouldn't everyone be doing <laughs> that? Mark Shardlow, Richard, your wife Al says that your pre-race ritual is being grumpy. No, that's all the time. I'm literally, yeah, and he's like, that's just, my mum. Just 20. My mum, Jodie Whitehead, it... grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi, mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I've never, look, I've never been grumpy. Look, this is me, happy, smiley, very, always What, 24 7? 24 7, yeah. It's, that's a Red Bull, right? That's a Red Bull. <laughs> That's Red Bull. So, shall we go into another another guest, or shall we talk about oh, I'm a celebrity? What would you, what do you want to do first? I'm a, I'm um, a celebrity. No, I'm joking. Go on. <laughs> let's, pre- let's preview. 
Okay, Max. Max Whitlock. In 2015, at the beginning of the year, I got glandular fever. That took me out for uh, a period of time. I had to build back up to that. Uh, I lost a bit of confidence. And from that moment onwards, my training kind of was, it could never be the same. It couldn't be right. the same. I couldn't just go in the gym and work as hard as I could because my body wouldn't handle it. So for me, it was a real, real phase of learning my body again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was not far out from Olympics and all I wanted to do was be in the gym training as hard mm -hmm. as I couldn't. So, you know, going into Olympics, I wasn't in, I don't feel like I was in that prime, prime conditions that I could have potentially been mm. in. But in terms of results, 100% it all clicked, which was just like it still feels surreal today. So it just like, yeah, just it doesn't it doesn't feel like that was kind of me in that position there. And Watch love them twice in one day. <laughs> how, how, but you, you must have been like, you must have been just pinching yourself the first time. You know what mm. I mean? You've done all that four, four years worth of work. So then yeah. stand on the top of the boat podium. Like I, I did it in London and I was like, what what is going on? I did out of body experience. That's you won, you like, won a medal at London 2012? I did, yeah, I won one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I won't say what colour, but I won one. He never, he never talks about it. I never talk about it a lot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, here we go, here we go. Max Whitlock, that was a great conversation, wasn't it? And, and the thing is, though, Max is so shy mm. and... Um, two gold medals so you know that life-changing moment mm. not talking about sport we're talking life-changing moment so he i did some work with max at goodwood festival um a year before and he said he wanted a gold medal he said he what that, that's what he trained his life for and then within an hour he'd won two gold medals so he'd he'd beaten louis smith who was a favorite for for his event also dominated his first event and two gold medals. And it's literally his life changed overnight, just like that. And that's what sport can do. Yeah. No, it's, how did yeah, you, it's, how did you find, how did you find the messaging in, in, in that podcast? I think, I think it was, again, for somebody that's so uh, shy, I think he came mm. out, he came across really well, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think it was really interesting to hear like how, how he started in gymnastics as well. Like you say, Rio, uh, 2016 and also just the he had a pretty crazy year like he said before that he injuries and obviously he was poorly um, in the lead up to Rio um, he also spoke about being a dad um, which has gone viral actually at the moment um, with him doing a somersault with his uh, yeah his have you seen that yeah <laughs> that, is, that is pretty impressive I it don't think cool. his missus was, was <laughs> too impressed <laughs> she can't have been <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, try, I'll try that with one of my kids I'm not sure they'll be too happy with me doing that <laughs> And also, he was trying to teach you. He was trying to help you with your your handstand as well, wasn't he? Yeah, it's not gone too well, to be honest. I think I think lockdown. I just kind of got sicker. I I needed actually Max probably to show me and then to kind of support me, and then me to kind of cheat some kind of like a picture <laughs> with me doing it, but actually me still standing on the floor because it's it's not going too well. I can I can do handstands, and I used to be in mm. a gymnastics club, but um, one hand uh, one hand handstand. When yeah. you're 44 years old, the shoulders are Nah, you've got that. Anymore. You've got uh, that. You do all maybe. the kick stuff in the gym, though, don't you? I know. I try. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just very trying. That's what it is. I'm just <laughs> very trying. And I think, I think, I can't remember 2016. Was Max nominated for sports personality? I don't think he was, was he? I'm not sure. Because it was, it was too late. But we want to kind of talk yeah. about like sports personality. And on the 20th mm -hmm. of December, 
the six people nominated for sports personality. So obviously they brought the numbers down. And um, so the Stuart Board, there's uh, Jordan Henderson, Tyson Fury, uh, Lewis Hamilton, Holly Doyle, sorry. Um, yeah. I've not actually heard of Holly before. I've done mm-hmm. a bit of research and she's obviously a, a champion jockey. Uh, yeah. She broke her own world record. Uh, she broke her own record this year yeah. of winners, um, won Ascot, as well as obviously somebody that we've had on the show as well, Ronnie Mr. O'Sullivan. Mr. At- Ronnie. Yeah, at 45, he's never won it, even though six times world never champion. Be, has he ever been up for it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, That's crazy for what he's achieved in his career as well. Crazy. It is crazy. And those that those that haven't heard uh, the Ronnie podcast, that's a, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great listen. Again, hardly talk about snooker, more talk about his crazy lifestyle. And when we, we look at that award as well, it's sports personality. Does it need, do you need to be, do you need to be winning and boring because Ronnie in the podcast says <laughs> when he was when he's boring he's most happiest so mm. I don't know whether you need to be boring or not when I looked at the actually the nominees as well for, for me obviously we, we we spoke to Ronnie I think he's, a, he's great Lewis Hamilton again mm. six times world, world champion um I'm just not. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about some of the other guys. But I, I think. I think you've got to be doing it over time to actually to get that award. That awards. There's been so many people that have won that. You look at the people that have won that mm-hmm. over time, and um, I think footballers. You need to maybe have won world footballer to get that sports personality award for me. Yeah, potentially. But yeah, it'd be really. It'd be really cool to hear um, who's listening. There's only one today. one female athlete as well. No, no Paralympians yeah. in, in the list. Obviously, Paralympic sport. A little bit of a, a lull last year, so I can understand that. But um, only one female athlete mm. in the six. I don't know but what she's your doing. Yeah, she's on. well. She's doing great to represent um, like female athletes and obviously jockeys as and well. And she's the youngest um, as well. She's only yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. She, so that that's that's an amazing achievement for her as well. So um, yeah. So just yeah, to, be nominated. to get the yeah to get the recognition as well. But um, but yeah, like twenty twenty has been a crazy year, hasn't it? So yeah. um, and sports personality of the year is always. A really kind of exciting one to watch as well. I think. Um, I think more. It should, should be more of a celebration of yeah. the platform that sport gives you, like the Marcus Rashford uh, yeah. work that he's done to highlight um, the poverty in in children, and uh, I'm sure that he'll be getting a, a special award for that and the work the work that Joe Wicks has done. But there's, there has been some great performances um, pre obviously the pandemic with like Tyson Fury knocking out Deontay Wilder. I'm a big boxing fan, and that was the second. The second fight was awesome. Uh, I know there's a lot of boxing fans that um, are out there and that, that, that follow myself and you, and and that, that's that's uh, that's an interesting sport in in mm. lockdown. I don't know if you've seen any boxing with no with no audience, no audience participation. It's just like two people street fighting. <laughs> yeah, that'd be very strange. Um, go on, I've got a question actually, Simon Berry. It's only ever the big sports get recognition for sports personality seven times hamilton now rich there you go okay cheers (laughs) cheers yeah and and that is true and i think the the problem with that because it's a voting award yeah their big following gets behind it and i think it sometimes loses uh the real reason why uh they're voted in onto that in the first place and that's because it's a great sporting achievement, and um, I think the sports achievement should go come into it, but also the personality. And I think 
personality as in how you interact with your community how you um what community impact you have and maybe that's why marcus rashford should be one of the six because of the great work he's done and continues to do him and his team obviously because we all know that <clears throat> the athletes have a have a big team around them supporting those messaging yeah definitely i think he is what yeah, about in he the is... women's game what about in the women's game as well if, if you've got any um shining lights that have done a lot of work on and off the field uh, over the last 12 months I don't know because it's don't just say been no. straight. Don't, yeah, don't say it's just no. Been, no, obviously that has. <laughs> it's just been a really strange year, hasn't it? And obviously Marcus Rashford was a big one in terms of just what he done across the country um, and with the government as well. So he is getting a special award. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of a like a, a woman footballer or just women in general. Um, but to be honest, I'm, I'm Holly Doyle. I, I've done yeah, I've done a little bit of research and just. It, it is really amazing to see what she's achieved and to to get that um, in the spotlight. I think that's a, an incredible achievement and something that she should be really proud of, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it, to be honest. I'm excited to hear what, what everyone else thinks, who's going to win, who else do they think should be nominated. On the Paralympic side, with um, Dave Weir, a multi-medalist at London 2012. He's got his uh, Weir Academy and through lockdown, uh, following his, his work and his... Um, he promotes disability sport in a great way. This year, obviously through lockdown, encouraging people with impairments to take up wheelchair racing mm. and himself being a high-level athlete as well, racing all over the world. And Obviously, he did London Marathon and, yes, he didn't win it. He was second. But I think uh, a mention on the Paralympic side for, for Dave would be would be great. Hopefully they'll have some footage of that at Sports Personality, which I'm sure they will. What do people need to do if they um, if they want to follow us, Ellen? Yeah, so no, we really appreciate everyone's support, actually. Um, you know, we've we've released, obviously, Becky Adlington, Greg Rutherford and Ronnie O'Sullivan. So if you head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe, which is Track and Ball Podcast. And also, wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, um, yeah, make sure you listen. Um, and also... Give us a review or a rating. That would be great as well. Uh, we would really, really appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, on our socials, we're Track and Ball Pod. And we, we've said before in the lives, um, yeah, we want to hear from you. This is kind of your podcast as well. Um, we want to hear who you'd love to have, we'd have on, guests, also questions. So when we do have a guest line up, we want, we want to hear questions as well, what you want us to ask them as well. So um, it, makes, it makes our job a lot easier when we're, we're talking to them to hear what you guys want to hear as well. It's been a great couple of months and we, we uh, really value your support, whether that's uh, listening, whether that's viewing on YouTube or Facebook and feel free to uh, fire those questions in and uh, thanks again. Cross comes in, White with the header. And here comes Whitehead. It's gold for Great Britain. 